Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, to Roger. see her is to take a sudden chill. Oh. Cruella, Cruella. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, Look she'll out hear you. Cruella de Vil. All right, welcome back, Analysis listeners. Want to welcome back into the podcast, Terry Sipes' wife, Jules. Oh, my God. I I honestly thought that I was never, ever going to be back. Yeah, you came in, you talked to David Mickix about... And then I I left for what seemed to be the length of the Bible. The length of the Bible, like like Ben Affleck in... Shakespeare in Love, which is, which is, let me, let's take a second on this. And this is totally unrelated to the movie we're talking about today, which is Cruella. Yeah. But there's a scene in Shakespeare in Love that me and you like to reference all the time because Shakespeare goes to the hot actor at the time who I don't, I can't remember the name of the character, but it's, it's played by Ben Affleck and he sells him uh, on playing Mercutio in in his production. Romeo and Juliet, or the original title was Romeo and Ethel, the pirate's daughter. Anyway, I digress. He sells Ben Affleck on the character, and he says the title of the play is going to be Mercutio. And so Ben Affleck decides, <laughs> I will play. Totally and at the first rehearsal, he storms in, and he's like, he's oh, gone oh, for what seems God. to be the length of the Bible. That's me. That's in Jules. And it's the best role Ben Affleck ever had. Yeah. I loved him in that movie. Or Chucky and Chucky in Good, Good Will Hunting, my favorite movie. But oh, anyway, so right. Jules That's has been gone for what seems to I be the length of the Bible. For anyone that wanted that reference, explained to them in great detail. But Jules, we're talking today about a movie which, to me, when I'm watching it, seems like it's A designed and marketed directly for Jewel Sipes and B, not designed or marketed towards children. So we're going to talk today about Cruella. That's why I'm back. That's why I'm back. Um, I, okay, so I'm going to tell you something. I have taken children. Every spring, Disney releases a big film at the end of the school year and for many years. How old are you? But for a very I'm 34. long time, I've taken little kids to Disney movies at the end of the school year. It's just a very traditional thing. Now with COVID, obviously people were watching it on TV, but I was watching this movie and I was thinking if I had a little Bob or Michael or Paulina, would this movie what in this be is for, for these kids? I, all I kept shaking my head and saying, what kid? Now, I've sat through trolls. I've sat through claymation. I've sat through tons of Disney movies. And never in my mind am I thinking, it's not made for children. It was made for me, except for Pixar. That's always an exception because I love Pixar movies, but I'm always thinking, Jules, you're going to get through this because they didn't make it for you. They didn't make it for you. And here I am to say they did not make this for children. They made it for me. I don't even understand what's happening. You're like 
Stefan from SNL, you're like, this movie has everything. Devil Wears Prada references, 70s clothing, I, punk rock scenes. I can't even Banksy tell. street tricks. It's like, it's, it's got everything. When she's on the garbage truck with the long trailing dress. Yeah. And I said to Terry, I said, what? She's like Marie Antoinette, like, only I, cool. Only super, and she's, it's Alexander McQueen or it's John Galliano and it's 1970s and they're playing punk It's music. got David Bowie lookalikes, what? jacked up homeless it dudes. It's got it all. Human parking cones. No, but it's, so, so we're, we're all over the place. Let, we'll, we'll try to, so, so, so Cruella, it's really hard to think of that character not being Glenn Close. Exactly. Um, so I had no or limited expectations going into this because I haven't really been enjoying many of the Disney remakes. A lot of them are carbon copies of the original, which means, which makes for boring content. We've talked a lot about that with our Lion King episode or our Aladdin episode. You know, it's, it's very hard to differentiate the two movies, the animated and the live action and, and almost hundred percent of the time you're preferring the animated version animated. and then when they do take swings and when they do try to reimagine something like Dumbo it ends up just being a, a huge swing and miss and so this one I, I didn't have a lot of expectation on besides the fact that the director made I Tanya which was the uh, the Tanya Harding yes. movie. And I really liked that movie. And so I was like, okay. And then Emma Stone is, is pretty credible. Normally when she makes something, I, I feel like there, there's a good chance that it's going to be quality. And then Emma Thompson, who in my opinion steals this movie, but Emma Thompson normally creates some, some good content as well. So I was like, okay, we've got some, some good elements here. Cruella is, I, I, I was wondering how they were going to do this in a modern sense because Cruella skins animals and yeah. animal sensitivity has grown a lot yes. since the 60s. Oh, it's and, like and there's the, a lot of canceling. There would I'm be like, a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's like, how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. So I was kind of intrigued by that. And really, and I try not to be prisoner of the moment, but I'm Captain Hyperbole. So ring the siren every time I say something hyperbole. This has been my favorite remake or live action reimagining of the whole bunch and i thought it was really creative i thought it really moved in terms of pace i thought it was creative in the reimagining of this oh, character yeah. i think maybe some disney purists might not like some of the ways they took the character but i thought that the Emma Stone made it her own. I thought that the, the plot was really engaging. It really surprised me with some of the, the twists and turns. And we yes, will be story we will be spoiling today. But I, I was just like, man, that actually really was a, a nice two hours of entertainment. How did you feel on this? I um, you know, the last one, the last movie, new movie that I watched was with you, and we watched Milan. Which stunk. Um, it was stinky. Which th totally sucked. So when I went into this, like you, I love Emma Stone. I love Emma Thompson. I thought, what? no matter what the material is, they will elevate the material. I was worried it was going to be an emotional desert the way Milan was. I had a lot of expectation for Milan that completely disappointed me. I thought there was one thing that kept coming into my mind, though, um, 
about Emma Thompson and she did steal it. There's no question. But all I kept thinking was Miranda Priestley, Miranda Priestley. I mean, Devil Wears Prada, that Meryl Streep role, it, she has her own Funko Pop. Like she's, yeah, she's iconic. And so when you, you know, you've made it in icon but, status when you get a Funko Pop, right? Exactly. But yeah, you were she, saying, I mean, she, so I think that, um, that Emma Thompson was wonderful, but I did get, and that's not her fault. I think that's a lot of that was the writing, mm -hmm. but, um, and I thought Emma Thompson did a great job. I thought the movie, um, was too long. Okay. A little bit of a length issue. See, I thought they, they kept the pace going. It was a little long, but I thought that the energy of the scenes and the, the soundtrack really kept it driving. And some of the scenes I wish were a little more lived in. They were, they, it was kind of a fast uh, paced scene where I was like, oh, we could have spent a little more time here. I'm in there but less it was also two hours. So they wanted to keep it moving. Keep it so going. yeah. So there's a section in the film where she, her friend gets her the job working where she thinks she's actually going to be pursuing her dream of being a designer. And she ends up being a domestic. She ends up mm -hmm. being cleaning lady and that part of it where she's scrubbing and they're going through this whole thing I, that part of it i think could have been two minutes yeah and then there were other parts where the little girl at the beginning suffers through this tragedy and i thought more there less over here do you know what i mean yeah less like clean my office top to bottom now clean this top to bottom you're not cleaning. If you can lean, you can clean. It's like, I get it. Cleaning stinks. We've got it. We've got it. <laughs> and I think that man, whoever that gentleman was that was cast in that role, he had some kind of thing written into his contract that they make the role bigger. Make yeah. it bigger. More and faces. I need more faces, guy with hair. But the uh, hair. So, okay, I, I can I can roll with you on that. Yeah. Um yeah. So this movie to me, because you're you're talking about Devil Wears Product, or should yes. we say Deville Wears Prada? <laughs> Bing. Yes. Bing. Yes. Um, so I, I had it, I had it as a combination, and I thought it was a healthy blend between these three movies. You've got Devil Wears Prada, Deville yes. Wears Prada. I thought it was a mix of like Banksy street art pranks. You've got the England, oh, you know, you know I who Banksy is, that, right? That was my that was my favorite. I loved part when she it. would she would show up and, and kind of take over the the limo and she she draped the dress down and it was like the, the past, future and, and past and then or the the rock concert or the the, the way that the she moth. was able to, to sew the moths into the dress. It was like oh this is like Banksy kind of uh, a street movement. She was kind of this street artist meets uh, fashion designer, which I thought was really cool. And then it was also kind of like a mean girl's revenge where it's like, oh, we're gonna take away these core elements of the person. Yeah. Like I'm going to target these things. I'm gonna take away her fame and I'm gonna take away this and I'm gonna take away her credibility and I'm gonna obviously take away her empire. And it was almost like this mean girl's revenge plot. Yeah, that is very interesting. I didn't get that. And now that you're saying that, that is completely, yeah. they have the checklist. 
So, and, and as, and you're, you're kind of going through the Disney IP. So you're, you're also kind of clocking these little moments where you're like, okay, Anita Darling, that's okay. So she's a friend of Cruella's from, yes. so that's, and so that, that informs a little bit of that relationship uh, that, that you get to see in the nineties version with Glenn Close or obviously the original cartoon. And then you see, okay, oh, that's the, that's the lawyer. He, I think the lawyer is Pongo's Dad, I kept, I kept you know. waiting for him to reemerge. And I honestly, I did not even get that about him until the very end. Why because he's also that? kind of a klutz, I think, in the cartoon and yes. in Jeff Daniels' CMU shout out. But Jeff Daniels plays him in the 90s version. But I think he's kind of, that's part of his character is he's this klutz. So he's like he's stumbling bobby. around. And, right. And then I really liked what they did. Horace and Jasper are almost kind of your Timon and Pumbaa of of this story and they always have been but they they, they kind of make jasper this budding love interests in a yes. way and this yeah. this kind of servitude that he has towards her but i thought that was actually kind of a, a nice wrinkle and element and they're really not buffoons like they were in the original two versions but they're kind of these savvy con men in a way they were, they they, were more characters i mean bad guys in the movies the early movies they yeah they're were, just idiot henchmen but these they're kind of like slick con men and, and it's really easy to fall in love with the team and, and you're definitely rooting for it and I think that was uh pulled off very well of just getting you emotionally invested in in Cruella's journey and and I always I I've always been partial to villains and, I, and I've said this even since I was a kid but my favorite my favorite parts of stories and movies are, are often the villains. My favorite part of Beauty and the Beast is Gaston. Um, my favorite part of, you know, the Batman series are always who's playing the villain. I, I, yeah. I've always just been interested in villains and a villain just can't be evil for the sake of evil. Like you want context and you want, you know, the villain doesn't know they're the villain in the story, right? right? The exactly. villain thinks they're justified. For the, the good thing, right? But yeah. do you think that Emma Thompson, do you think that that particular character did you get that from her oh i thought that and again this is sound the siren for hyperbole but i think this is one of the best new disney villains we've had in years i'm trying to think of a new character that's come across in a as a villain that has landed because i mean she is brutal and that's where it's like okay. we're talking about is this for kids or not i mean some of the stuff she does in this movie with the, the whistle murder my baby please yeah. like i mean, I mean that, that is hardcore crazy. stuff it was hardcore stuff and that she i mean she threw something at a, a servant in the house and terry said oh my god did she actually hit her with a piece of furniture i mean she was just yeah she Brutal. slaps people. Yeah. She's she throws two people off of a cliff. <laughs> right? She 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 tries to set someone on fire. Like she is one of the most hardcore villains that you can think of. But do you do you feel that her do you think it's mental illness? Like what do you feel is her Yeah, her, her driving factor? It's her driving factor cuz she's sociopathic. Her, sociopathic histrionic uh mm -hmm. well and they, they kind of label it early of just this maniacal and 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 you we're talking right now about villains and, and what drives the villains but she it, it almost to me gave me a daniel plainview vibe of i've got a competition in me and i don't want anyone else to succeed like it, it reminded me of 
there will be blood in the sense of, I don't care if you're my flesh and blood, like get out of my way. I will. And and she's, she's addicted to the limelight and she's addicted to status. And so the things that can potentially get in the way of that, including a baby, like, like her, her motivation to rid herself of that child is, is that, you know, she didn't want anything getting, uh, disrupting, her, uh, her her process and her current status, you know? So it was just... Snow White's, I mean, the stepmother in Snow White obviously ordered the... the it's vanity, yeah. ...guy to take her out in the forest and kill her. So in fairy tales, the mother figure killing the daughter is not a new thing. But that, I haven't seen it in more modern telling um, the way it was told in this movie. And of course, she, um, the ultimate downfall of the fashion world and her world is is being irrelevant and getting old. And, you know, the whole thing, she's old fashioned. Somebody, I had read a review after I'd seen the movie and somebody said, why do they keep updating us on the plot with newspapers and i thought okay well we're in the 70s so they didn't have the internet so obviously there would be the newspaper that says you know so she strikes again and this person's going downhill or whatever but um being irrelevant is the worst thing that can happen to you in the world that she's in and emma thompson or emma stone realizes that that's her Achilles heel. That's how she can get her is by her youth yeah. and making her irrelevant. So, But she also seems to have a knack for spotting tra- changing trends. And I really like the scene when the, the two department store losers come to her with notes and she's like, okay, well, let me give you my notes on you first. And she just shreds them and they get up and quietly leave. But it also shows when she shows up and she sees the window display that drunken Cruella, or excuse me, Estella did, and she spots it, and she's like, so she's not an old fuddy-duddy, and that's where I guess the, uh, she just recognizes that the talent and the innovation, and and, in the Baroness, like, she, she still was looking to be innovative, and I think that's, when she, when she saw someone come in that's fresher than her, it was an immediate, um, I'm going to suck that out of you. Yeah. And I want to, I want to just get around my team and, and, you know, and so I thought the twist was going to be that. So, so we, we see the dog whistle reveal in the middle of the movie. And I thought the twist was that she really wasn't this uh, fashion genius, but that she was stealing designs from Estella's mother. I thought that was going to be kind of part of the element. And so like now Estella's this new, genius and she's going to try to to suck her creativity and and take ownership of it. I thought that's where where we were going. I was actually very surprised that she actually was the daughter and that the the necklace was part of a key. I was totally surprised by that. Yeah. And normally I'm trying to solve those types of things and it definitely surprised me. And then it was like, oh, okay, this is even darker. This is way darker than I had initially anticipated. And and so I thought, I, I thought that was a nice reveal. Was the dad. I thought the butler was the dad. Oh, okay. I kept trying to grasp it, yeah. what that secret was, and I couldn't have been more off. And I'm the person that was telling people what happened in the Sixth Sense in the movie theater before it actually happened. You're like, oh, I figured it out. 
<laughs> you can't fool me, Shamalalalan. Yeah. I'm five steps ahead of you. I knew but it the yeah, whole time. The feeling of the designs and making them her own, I thought, just like you, that that was the core of everything. But um, yeah, in her, uh, you know, the the whole thing was Emma coming back, like Cruella being gone and then coming, like out Cruella dying in the fire and yeah. you know, all of little kids are gotta be thinking i, I would like to interview a little kid. yeah and I know the world is stressful kids. enough for these little kids they're on the computer for school they get they don't get to talk to anybody their I, grandparents are are on a ventilator and now you sit down to watch some disney programming <laughs> and people are burning alive and thrown off a cliff so it's like I, it's welcome crazy. to 2021 kids it's crazy because i'm watching reruns of mary tyler moore at night to soothe my my tormented soul and i'm thinking what little kids are gonna get these <laughs> twists and turns not. In movie and the fact when she came out on that runway in the coat tell me you did not think that she murdered those dogs those dalmatians and when she came out and it was iggy pop playing in the background this movie was made for me i, yeah. I couldn't have been more thrilled and the design the of it the shopkeeper would have been my best friend. I mean, all of these things. Oh yeah. Are, the shopkeeper was definitely a character design for you. And really, I think that's Disney sometimes, and this movie was rated PG-13, so they're already yeah. going in saying, you know, it's not for all of our audience, but I think they definitely are aware of their canon, they're aware of their IPs, they're aware that nostalgia sells and it sells well right now. And so we're going to target people who liked the original, maybe went and saw the 90s version in their youth and they liked it. And we're gonna give them an updated hip version of it. And I'm okay with it. And even if it's not for, for kids, yeah, that's, that's fine, fine. <laughs> really. You know, there's gonna be enough stuff for kids. After we finished Milan, we wanted our our time and our thirty dollars yeah. back. I mean that, that was that was rough. And, and I know, thought this was I thought this was definitely worth it. I did too. I did too. And I think that some of the things that I kind of had issues with were so not you know not anything to do with thumbs down, but um you know the one stick with the banana on her face i was you know yeah it just it was a lot one i would add is i think she could have been a creative con artist genius i didn't need the whole scene where she's got the cane and she's like smacking people on the head and all of a sudden she's this like martial arts badass yeah i didn't i yeah. was like that doesn't fit the character to me i think she could have come in, created a scene, been escorted out, and that was all part of some devious plan to upstage yeah. the Baroness. Yeah. And I didn't need, like, two of you are going to be feeling very hurt. And I was like, okay. like, this is um, But I think they did really well with Horace and Jasper. I think those guys, I thought the dogs had a personality. You got to know uh, the Blinky little, or whatever, yeah, and, and then her buddy, the dog. Tell me, tell me this. Do you... I knew the Dalmatians were CGI. This is, I'm an older person. Let's just, yeah, you're old. the little dogs were not CGI. No, no, those were, were just trained and, dogs. Yeah, Correct. they were darling. The dogs were darling. Those were the Disney aspects. When he falls, when um, 
Jasper? No. Who falls off the... Horus, the big guy. Horus falls off and he falls into the giant cake. That, I said to Terry, I said that, now we're in Disney Town. This is where little kids yeah. are giggling and laughing. and The dog the, dressed up like a rat. The rat, yeah. all of that. That was the Disney part. And then one of the things that I thought was interesting was um, she's in their dingy little house and the TV's on. And Tallulah Bankhead is on the screen. No one except for me. Yeah. What's who's Tallulah Bankhead? She's an actress from the 30s, and she her laugh was the basis for the original Cruella. Oh, okay. So she's in the background in a movie on the TV, and the laugh is what Estella decides to adopt as her own Cruella laugh, and that's how it came about. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I think that I have to stay true to my classic movie brand, Bob, and I have to bring. Yeah, this is your thing. <laughs> it's my thing. So, but I do think that um, when I was taking notes, I felt that the the young Estella did. They did a good job, and it was fat, like you said. It was paced really quickly. Her. The way she reacted to the death of her mother was, I, I just, it was a little yeah. tepid. Yeah. It was not a Pixar kind of, I was thinking, are they going to go for the Pixar 20 minutes at the beginning and pull it my, pull my guts out right at the beginning? And that didn't happen. She was yeah. a little too comfortable with the situation that had happened um, quickly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's some of what I'm talking about, where it's like live in a live in a moment more, but it still had an emotional impact because you yes. you you definitely when you find out the Baroness had blown the whistle to yes, and to, she, it was motivated. Motivation was the big part of all that, you know. And, and so when, the, when you find out it wasn't an accident, but it was motivated, then then you're like okay, and, and you you felt for the character enough to to want the revenge. And then when she drove that uh, scooter or motorcycle to the fountain mm-hmm. where she goes to see her mother and she gives that monologue, Emma Stone was in- incredible yeah. in that speech. That was, it was so, and I, once again, I thought to myself, oh my God, little kids. I don't know. Our, yeah, our little kids, I'm crying right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, I'm so glad that I got to watch it. Yeah, me too. I definitely think we'll give it a recommend. As we're kind of uh, jumping out of here, I want to give a shout out to the guy who played Horace. His name is Paul Walter Hauser. And he's from Grand Rapids. He was in I, Tanya. He played one of the thugs in I, Tanya. Oh, yes. And he pulls he off a pretty, for a guy from Grand what? Rapids, I liked his little Cockney <laughs> accent. He had a great East End accent, which is not an easy thing to do. And I do want to make another comment before we, we leave about yeah. Anita Darling. Okay. Anita Darling, her character was very underdeveloped. I yes. felt like she, of all the people in this movie, the man that was her boss when she was the cleaning lady had too much time and too much stuff. And Anita <laughs> Darling didn't have, I know they wanted her to be this, supportive kind of mild mannered but wink wink i'm gonna help you with this person Mm -hmm. from her childhood but there was just not enough because you only got one little moment of that in 
the in the school days and yeah. it just didn't connect as much yeah I, I thought they were kind of going for almost did you ever watch queen's gambit i only have seen the first episode okay well there, there's a there was a relationship similar in that show that i thought was developed really well obviously this movie didn't have the benefit of a miniseries to right. develop right. that out so they tried to get it accomplished in one scene but if this movie were a miniseries, that's more what I think they would have tried to play on. And they, they again, they you gotta you gotta prioritize here. And uh, uh, writers and directors, you, especially when you're dealing with Disney, they they're trying to sell merch, they're trying to do this. I'm sure yeah. there was, there's was certain scenes that that come across and you watch and you're like, okay, that's probably Disney saying we need this in here. But in, in general, I thought there was opportunities, but. It, Overall, I, I was happy with the product. And I, and I at the end of the night, I was like, okay, that was a nice piece of entertainment. Thank you, Disney. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah. And so. you loved the clothes, Bob. I mean, you the clothes. The clothes. And, and I, I watched it with my dad. Them. He loved the music. He, was, he, the music he really enjoyed it. Great. Yeah, I and I, I do, another little note that I had was they did, I really wish they would have stuck with 70s punk and they just kind of skipped around in all of these different things. And I realized that it's just to, it's for kids and kids aren't gonna know that it's not all 70s punk. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the soundtrack was great and the clothes were amazing. The clothes yeah. were definitely, Costume I think- designer is gonna- Yeah, gonna I don't know if it's, it might be a little too early for me to do my Oscar lock-in on costume designs. I don't know if I want that yet. So, but I think this will definitely be, a, a the costume design will be talked about later. And Emma Stone and Emma Thompson know those clothes could have looked ridiculous on any less of a performer. They know how to wear period clothing. They did an incredible job with that drama that they were wearing. I mean, they did such a great job with it. And, you know, with my Miranda Priestly thing in mind, which I still stick with, it was very Miranda Priestly. Emma Thompson, she can't do anything wrong. And yeah. Seen her She's in been really interesting the last few years. She she was in that late night show, uh, movie with, yeah. So I with think she's... Can. And she's just been playing some really interesting characters recently. So, yeah, just, just one of those underappreciated act actresses. I, I talk about like Tony Collette all the time or Emma Thompson. Just like, when you when you think about great actresses, you, you obviously go to Streep and some other people. Maybe even people say Emma Stone or Emma Jennifer Stone Lawrence. But yeah, Emma Thompson, man, just keeps delivering the goods. So, and I think what happens is when you don't do bad performances, a lot of times you just get you just yeah. get ignored because you're always good. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that they I. I really enjoyed it and I highly recommend it to people that yeah. are not little kids. <laughs> yeah. If you're a little kid, why are you listening but, to this? But go yeah. See, go and see Trolls, Trolls Five. Nine. Or, no, Peter yeah. Rabbit the yeah. second or whatever. <laughs> because I honestly it was I it stumped me. Those yeah. twists and turns. Yeah. That's an adult movie. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jules. Now you're well, gone for the length so of the Bible. Long. Not so long. What? We'll, we'll see you in January. I know movies are a hard gig, but come on. Yeah. Well, I, you know. 
Always I'll be appreciate back. you. I'll be back, kids. Don't She's write me watching. off yet. I'll be yes, back. Yes, she'll be Thanks. back. And yeah, maybe this time your husband will listen. So with that said, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe wash your hands stay safe and we will see you down the road Gruello. Gruello. original criminal dressed to kill just call me Cruella de Vil. call me crazy call me sane in the past and I'm ahead of the game